This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. While another day, another battery plant announcement. On Wednesday, Ford announced it's going to build two battery plants in the U.S. with SK. And today, Nissan announced it's going to invest $1.8 billion to build two battery plants, one in Japan and one in Britain. Collectively, they'll be able to build enough batteries for 700,000 vehicles a year. Nissan's partner is Envision AESC, which is based in China. Reuters reports that Nissan and Renault have also agreed to common battery specifications to cut costs. New car sales in May in the U.S. market are either going to set a record or reflect the first real impact of the chip shortage. And it all depends on how you look at the numbers. J.D. Power and LMC Automotive predict that retail sales will set an all-time record for the month of May. But the key word there is retail. That doesn't include fleet sales. They expect automakers to sell a very healthy 1.5 million vehicles, including fleet and retail. Meanwhile, Ward's Intelligence points out the SAR will only reach 16.5 million vehicles compared to the 18 million SAR in March and April. Ward says it's all because there simply are not enough cars in inventory. Sales would be higher if automakers could make more, and it expects a strong surge in sales once the chip shortage is solved. And it looks like General Motors is starting to replenish its stockpile of semiconductors. The automaker announced yesterday it will restart production at four plants in North America over the next month that were idle due to the chip shortage. Two of the plants are in Mexico, one is in Canada, and the other is in the U.S. Also, one of its assembly plants in South Korea, which was operating at 50% capacity, will resume full production at the end of the month. However, GM is not completely out of the woods yet, and its Fairfax plant in Kansas, which has been shut down since February, will remain idle until at least early July. Alex Partners estimates that the chip shortage will cost automakers $110 billion and 3.9 million vehicles in lost production this year. Mobility is becoming electric, connected, and autonomous, just like the manufacturing world. But we'll always be one thing, a reliable partner for our customers. We want to know what drives your testing, OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. The Hyundai Group is aiming to sell a million EVs a year by 2025, with a goal for full electrification by 2040. To help pay for the development of all those vehicles, Reuters reports that Hyundai will cut the number of ICE vehicles in its lineup in half. The automaker will pour that money into developing electric motors, batteries, and fuel cells. And according to Reuters sources, Hyundai has already stopped developing new powertrains for ICE vehicles. With Europe and China implementing stricter emission regulations, automakers like Hyundai need to accelerate their transition to EVs. Tesla has received heavy criticism over not having a driver monitoring system in its vehicles 
to make sure drivers are paying attention when using autopilot. But it's finally coming out with a remedy for that. The EV maker released a software update that will enable the vehicle's cabin-facing camera to detect and alert the driver if they're not paying attention while autopilot is engaged. However, even with the new safety feature, Tesla still requires drivers to keep their hands on the steering wheel to take over if needed. While it may be a little late, we are happy to see the company address this issue. And here's a new company we'd never heard of before, Spur Autotech. It was just founded last year by Spurbank, a large state-owned bank that's headquartered in Russia. Its focus is on transport, IT services, unmanned technologies, and automotive, and is showing off a new mobility shuttle called Flip. It's built on a modular architecture that can accommodate a number of body types and powertrains, including electric, gas, and hydrogen. The one seen here is electric and powered by a single electric motor that's fed via a swappable battery pack. As you probably guessed, it's autonomous and has enough space to carry up to six people comfortably. The company is currently bench testing prototypes on a closed track in Moscow, so it'd be a while before we ever see one in operation. Rolls-Royce is letting everyone know that it wants true, one-off coach-built vehicles to become a permanent fixture of its product portfolio by showing off this beautiful car called the Boat Tail that's based on the Phantom platform. Commissioned by a couple that's no stranger to the brand, it's easy to see how this car got its name. And it's just so well-proportioned. Everything seems to be just where it's supposed to be. And the wood decking on the back opens like butterfly wings with the push of a button to reveal a custom picnic kit. One last note, check out those flying buttresses at the back of the roof. I don't think I've ever seen that done before with a convertible. I'm always amazed at VW's MQB architecture, at how much the company can stretch and manipulate it to turn out a wide variety of vehicles that still handle good to really good. It underpins everything from an Atlas to an Audi TT and this week's latest test vehicle, the Golf GTI. And it was easy to see why this vehicle is always taking home awards. There's no better sporty vehicle that can match the hatchback's usable space. It's powered by a two-liter turbo four-cylinder that makes 228 horsepower. There's a little bit of lag, but oh buddy, once that turbo spools up, hold on because it takes off. It's even better if you're on a nice stretch of twisty road where you can keep the RPMs up. Volkswagen engineers 
did a fantastic job of tuning this chassis. Even though it's front-wheel drive, the Golf GTI feels really well-balanced in the corners, which helps give you confidence as the driver that you can stick it into any turn. The seats are sporty enough to keep your butt firmly planted, but not so much that it crushes your kidneys or makes your legs go numb after an hour of driving. A leather-wrapped steering wheel with crossed, contrast stitching, which is picked up on other parts of the interior, also provides a nice feel for the driver. The only complaint that we had about our test car is that it had the dual-clutch automatic instead of the manual transmission. I know the dual clutch is probably faster, but the engine was just too sweet to not want to row through the gears. And as we know, there's times when DCTs can be herky-jerky, so the manual would have made the experience a bit smoother. Price for our tester came in right around $37,000. That does seem a little on the high end. You can get a Hyundai Veloster N for less money, for example but you're not going to rattle your teeth out in the process like you would with the stiff suspension of the N. And a quick note before I sign off. There won't be a new Autoline Daily on Monday because we'll all be off for the Memorial Day holiday, but we'll be back on Tuesday. So thanks for watching and have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey, Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game, Scheffler, we pioneer motion, and by Magna. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.